Hi, today is November 3rd, 2023. My name is Juni, and welcome to the Theta Game Podcast. I'm not a financial advisor, and nothing I say is financial advice. I'm literally just a normal retail trader, just like you. I'm not certified or a graduate of finance, just a regular trader that started on Wall Street Bets years ago. I've lost a lot of money and made some of it back and more after finding a system that worked for me. I share my system, my trades, and experiences all for free. Learn from my mistakes and get a better start than me, or use my experiences to help you rebound after you buying too many puts. You can view all my trades for free at datagang.com slash junie. No sign up required. Seriously, just go to that URL and all my trades are there. And email me any questions that I'll answer on the podcast at junie at datagang.com. There's a cool Q&A feature on Spotify podcast where you can just ask me questions directly through the app instead of email if you'd like. Lastly, I stream on Twitch every day the market is open for at least an hour at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Come hang out, ask me questions, vent, or just chill. It's a positive environment and everyone is welcome at twitch.tv slash realthetagang. Thank you and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Okay, um, up first is the ThetaGang.com website updates. Uh, so on the website, I've updated a lot uh, since the last podcast episode. Who figured, like, uh, doing this full-time, I have a lot of time to upgrade the website. So um, the timeline on the homepage is now more tailored towards other traders that you follow. Previously, it didn't really impact your timeline much uh, based on who you followed, but now it impacts it much more. So if you follow someone, you'll see their trades on the timeline a little bit more often. Um, Negative net premium on profiles uh, are now being rendered correctly. There was a previous bug where if you had a negative net premium, it was just like invisible, but now it's visible even if it's negative. Uh, And you can now react to trades and comments with emotes. I think I'll add more emotes over time. Maybe I'll make them more contextualized. The end goal is that I would draw like on an iPad and then upload it to the site and then have custom emotes uh, to use on the website. But that's still an idea. Don't know which emotes I would draw first, but I go from there. Uh, And then alongside these changes, the website is now much more responsive uh, for mobile, tablet, and uh, just smaller smaller views um, because there were previous areas where the UI would bleed um, in case if it like got too small in a specific dimension, but it's much better now. Um, and I, I'm pretty proud of it, of where, where the layout CSS is at right now. Because CSS, if you don't know, is the stylistic language um, of just how to structure websites or how to make it look good. And damn, CSS is hard. Okay, um, just continuing on with earnings reports that reported this week. Um, a bunch of good companies reported this week, lots of good news. There's some bad news, I mean, if you care about some of these companies, but um, I'll just dive straight in. Up first, we have my favorite fast food restaurant, so you know I'm going to report on this one. Uh, McDonald's beat estimates for the third quarter because of higher-priced menu items. We see this being consistent with Chipotle as well. Um, beat on earnings per share and revenue. Uh, same store sales jumped 8.8%. Digital and delivery orders are growing. Uh, there's a slight dip in low-income traffic. Uh, that's AKA for those that make less than $45,000 a year. Um, McDonald's is one of the most recession-proof stocks. I have that written as a little note here. Uh, sales actually grew from 2008 to 20, 2009, which is crazy for any company really to do, and also rebounded really well since the COVID bottom. bottom. Furthermore, McDonald's is hosting a investor's update on December 6th, where it'll talk about its updates on its drive through only location in Texas. It's been open for about a year now, um, and we're just going to hear more about how it's doing. And moving on through, because we have a lot to get through, Pinterest uh, beat on revenue and earnings per share expectations. Monthly active users grew 8%, beating expectations, um, and they also guided higher, um, and expenses 
grew 2%, which is not a good thing, but though the market didn't really care, the stock was up about 13% after hours. Next up is Chegg. We know Chegg as the website where we wanted to go look up test questions and answers when we were in college before ChatGPT existed. Now ChatGPT exists and uh, Chegg is not doing so hot, especially as a stock. Though this quarter, revenue and earnings per share expectations were beat, uh, but revenue was still on the decline. Um, subscriptions are also down 4% year over year. Stock traded flat after hours. And up next is one of my favorite stocks, as shown on my profile at thetagain.com slash Juni. Uh, AMD is one of the two biggest companies that I frequently trade, that being NVIDIA and AMD. Uh, AMD this quarter barely beat on earnings and earnings per share expectations, or revenue rather. Um, fourth quarter outlook was down, so that's not very good when a company price for growth uh, is guiding down for the fourth quarter. Um, it says that it expects about $6.1 billion in sales, where analysts were expecting them to say that they were going to be around the $6.37 billion ballpark. Um, the CEO, Lisa Su, said that AMD expects strong growth in its data center business in the fourth quarter. Uh, she's quoted as, we now expect data center GPU revenue, aka the AI division, to be approximately 400 million in the fourth quarter and exceed 2 billion in 2024 as revenue ramps throughout the year. The stock dipped 4% in after hours trading and then quickly rebounded back to flat before market close. That said, uh, the day after and the day after that, it has ripped about uh, 10 to 13%, give or take. So um, people like the news that the AI division is projected to grow really high, um, but the client sales, the embedded sales, were looking a little bit lackluster, which is what they're typically known for. But because, of course, they're leaning into AI and project a lot of growth in that sector, I'm sure that they're getting a good look from the market right now. One of my most bitter, bitter stocks, I wouldn't say bittersweet, I just say bitter, bitter. Um, PayPal was the main reason why I lost um, money in 2022 as opposed to making money. Um, I was down 17K in 2022 after being up 50K in uh, 2020 and 49K in 2021. Um, so PayPal, my main loss leader in 2022, uh, they beat earnings per share and revenue expectations for this quarter. Um, they reaffirmed their expectations of the 2023 stock buyback of about $5 billion. Um, a woman named Jamie Miller will take over as chief financial officer. Um, another point here being total active accounts went down $3 million. Transactions per active account increased from 54 to 56 Total payment volume reached $387 billion from $367 billion from the last quarter. Uh, net cash provided from operating activities went down to $1.26 billion from $1.76 billion from last year. Uh, free cash flow, though, is up to $1.91 billion versus $1.57 from a year ago. So PayPal is just like a little bit all over the place. Um, not a huge fan of the total number of active accounts going down but i guess that's a little bit offset by the transactions per active account that's on there going up from 54 to 56 that's pretty cool free cash flow going up in any business is always good too paypal has also been beaten down a lot um does that mean it will go up from here i have no clue i don't plan on investing into paypal anytime soon i am a firm believer that paypal just doesn't have the moat that it used to. I think payment processing is much more um, of like a private sector thing. Like Amazon has Amazon Pay, Shopify has Shopify Pay. You can pay uh, on, with your own merit on Facebook, Instagram, whatever platform. It's not as ubiquitous as it used to be, um, PayPal. I remember back in the day, if I wanted to buy something off of eBay, I would use PayPal. If I wanted to buy something off a rogue site, I wouldn't want to like use my credit card. I just use PayPal. But that much of that is going away, where I think the only reason why I use PayPal is for very, very rare business transactions that I'll do where I have to send an invoice or something. But I will never opt to pay with PayPal when it's an option. There's always a better option when I, I'm at checkout 
And because I'm personally choosing this option, I'm sure that there's other people that are feeling the same way. Therefore, I do not buy calls or invest into PayPal anymore. But that also doesn't mean I'm buying puts either. So I'm just staying away from it because I just would rather put my time and energy into something else. Next up, we have infamous Airbnb, the company that used to be cheap and used to be really cool to use, but now is more expensive than hotels and expects you to clean even though there's a cleaning fee. Uh, they beat revenue expectations. Uh, quarter three last year, the company's net income was $1.21 billion. Uh, this year, net income quarter three was $1.61 billion and revenue grew 18% year over year. Total nights and bookings came in at 113 million versus the near 100 million reported a year ago, beating expectations. Free cash flow increased 37%, and earnings grew 26% year over year. So that's great. Uh, stock is ultimately trading down, though, because of predicted volatility in early quarter four. Um, something that I thought was interesting was the one bedroom listing on Airbnb, the average of it is 120. And that's only 1% higher than last year. So they're they're keeping costs in line with just how we almost expect them to be. I mean, I I used to think Airbnb used to be the cheaper option. But, like, really, uh, the hotel is definitely the main um, attraction these days. Just because they do the cleaning for you. There's room service. There's all types of amenities. Amenities. Um, but I just cannot get over the fact that you have to clean and there's a cleaning fee for Airbnb. I just, I can't get over it. I just can't. Etsy, um, the website where you go, if you want to buy like homemade things, uh, it beat on revenue and earnings per share expectations, but stock traded down 5.7% because the company reports that quarter four will be an incredibly challenging environment. Zillow, third quarter, topped expectations, but stock traded down because visits to the website and apps fell during the ending of quarter three. Palantir is up next. Our earnings per share and revenue beat expectations, um, and it guided up for the year. CEO Alex Karp said, We've never supplied products to our enemies. We proudly support the U.S. government. I am proud that we are supporting Israel in every way we can. Palantir only supplies its products for Western allies. Kind of cool. Um, still don't think um, I'm interested in buying the stock anytime soon. There are a lot of people pushing it in 2021 and 2022. Still not a fan. I just can't get behind a business that I don't understand enough about. Um, I think a, a lot of people were really just into big data in 2021 and 2022. And it's just kind of stuck around as this name for itself. Um, so till then, or till I learn more about the company, I'm still going to be on, uh, still be on the other side. Shopify is up next, uh, a company that I have many shares in. I have about 700 just to give a little backstory. I was about eight K up on my Shopify position. Um, until recently I was down maybe four K five K. Um, after the earnings, which went up about 20 plus percent, um, it went up just a little bit more the next day as well. Um, sitting about a 6.5 K in the green, which feels really, really good because I had grown a little bit nervous because I thought maybe there might be more ramifications of, um, the sale of the recent acquisition of deliver, um, going poorly and then having the trickling effects going forward. But from what I can tell and from what everyone else can tell is that Shopify, they're refocusing on what they want to do best and provide the best retailer experience for retailers. Um, and then they also had good just business metrics for the quarter, um, namely the gross merchandise volume increasing 22%. So a lot of people are still buying things on Shopify and because they're like becoming more efficient right? They're, they're refocusing. They're not working on fulfillment as much anymore. They're just working on making the experience great. Um, so that's really, really, um, good to see. Very relieving. Uh, Shopify CFO, Jeff Hoffmeister said, our results showcase the durability of our business model as we delivered a compelling combination of both top line growth and profitability with revenue growing 25% year over year and free cash flow flow margin reaching 16%. So all of that great news, um, because of this recent move, um, like 20 plus percent, 
you know, it'd be kind of, it would feel bad even for me to buy into this um, just because it's gone up so so much so fast. Uh, So I'm not going to pretend to say good things about Shopify right now and shill it and say like, oh, get in before it's too late because it's not about that. Right now, I'm just really happy about my own cost basis on it because I've worked really hard uh, selling covered calls on it, writing in cash secured puts, getting a good cost basis, setting up my foundation. And I had felt really not bad, but I was a little, I was definitely a little bummed that I was in the red on Shopify, but it feels really good to be back in the green with this rosy guidance for the rest of the quarter. Next up, second to last, we have Starbucks beat on earnings per share and revenue and shares of the company rose 10% in the morning trading. The company's same store sales rose 8% and 3% increase in customer traffic. Um, analysts surveyed by Street Account were expecting same store's growth sales of 6.8%. So we saw that they beat those expectations of same store sales. Um, CEO, the CEO of Starbucks said, we had a remarkable fall launch that led to record-breaking average weekly sales. Starbucks launched its fall menu, including the pumpkin cream cold brew and iconic pumpkin spice latte. Um, they guided down, though, on same store's uh, same store growth after this quarter's eight percent, but with that amount of growth, um, I think maybe you can not expect that much on the next one. Uh, but it maintains their guidance going forward and then some. Uh, this includes uh, projections that Starbucks will increase its U.S. footprint by four percent and China's footprint by thirteen percent. I think Starbucks was very heavily impacted by the COVID lockdowns in China, but that seems to be um, more going more more in favor of Starbucks as of late as they're opening more uh, stores in China. Last but not least, Apple. Apple is typically the stock that saves the market because they, you know, in the history of earnings reports that I've always seen, big tech reports first and then Apple reports last. Big tech doesn't do well and then Apple saves the day and then the market continues going trading higher. The opposite is about what happened with Apple reporting. Um, They beat on revenue and earnings per share expectations, but Apple reported, again, its fourth straight quarterly revenue drop. Um, And with that, Apple guided down for the fourth quarter, which is not a good thing. Um, Luca Maestri said revenue in the period will be similar to a year ago, while analysts were expecting growth of about 5%. Uh, iPhone sales grew, um, but iPad sales were down 10%. Mac revenue down 34%. Wearables like the Apple Watch are also declining. Um, But above all this, Apple services grew 16%. And inside Apple services, that, of course, includes App Store sales, uh, online cloud storage, Apple Care, uh, advertising, and Apple Music. Things are not as good for apple as i think they are um you know when when i think about apple i do think about iphones i think about great products it irks me to hear that they're you know possibly leaning more into services but yeah i mean i'll always know apple for its products if apple goes more and more into its services then i think I, I wouldn't be able to just recommend Apple like off the bat. Like usually Apple is a lot of stock that people recommend to other people to invest in. But Apple is not the same sort of company that we all grew up with. It's not coming out with the with the iPhone or the iPad or or any of that stuff anymore. It's really just them iterating on previous models and right now I guess their biggest like thing that they're doing is services when it comes to their credit card um uh apple care again or apple music all of the things that i don't necessarily use um it's not the same company anymore but it, they're still considered a blue chip stock um the company makes plenty of money um maybe their growth is not so rosy anymore but it's still a decent company um and it's maybe being propped up a little bit by its services but we'll see how this plays out In regards to news this week, we had the Fed uh, meet and discuss interest rates and see if we're going to hike, drop, or pause interest rates. 
Uh, we're going to continue taking a pause, as reported by Jerome Powell and the, the letter that dropped. Um, the stock market reacted really well. Uh, we're finishing this Friday. Um, this is a Friday that I'm recording this. Very green. Very, very green. Maybe Monday there's some a little bit of correction because, honestly, today was such a great day for stocks that I wouldn't be surprised if there was at least some small amount of correction in early next week. Um, Powell said that the FOMC is not considering or even discussing rate reductions at this time. He said that the risks around the Fed doing too much or too little to fight inflation have become more balanced. Our current interest rate range is at 525 to 5.5%. That's where we are at right now. And this is a level that we had back in 2007. So I was in high school in 2007. I didn't know anything about interest rates. I didn't even know there was a recession. Um, yeah, just very fortunate that my parents put on the best face possible. I do remember my uh, stepdad getting laid off. But I just thought like, oh, yeah, he just he just, you know, quit his job. And it was, he wants to take a break. Like, what's the big deal? Um, but, you know. Fast forward, and we talk about it as adults. We laugh, and we just, you know, reminisce. And, yeah, I was just totally oblivious to this all happening while I was in high school. I don't know about you guys, because I'm I'm looking at the demographic for this podcast, and uh, it's basically, like, 18 to 35-year-olds that, like, listen to this. So, hello. Um, I'm a fellow kid. How do you do? <laughs> um, but, yeah. Uh, I was definitely oblivious to the stock market crash and everything happened in 2007. Um, and just, yeah, thankful that we're past that. Uh, I hope it doesn't happen again. Uh, you know, there's lots of talks about it happening again. Uh, but, you know, we'll trade through it. We'll see. We'll see how everything goes. I'm just happy that I'm trading responsibly. <laughs> All right. Uh, today's topic is um, my account from getting to 5K to 100K. You know, I don't know, how many times have you seen a challenge on Twitter or on YouTube or Reddit where someone takes a small amount of money and makes it a large amount of money? Except this was a clickbait because I used SpongeBob case in my show title, so you could not get mad at me. That was definitely satirical. I'm not a fan of people that give these unrealistic expectations to other people, especially if they don't follow through on it, right? Like, how many of these accounts still are doing the challenge? Do they follow up the challenge? Did they, did they lose? Did they win? You know, do, do they track all their losers? How do you know that's real? Do they track their winners? How do you know the winners are real? All of that, I want to prove on a public account, uh, and that account is thetagang.com slash juni5k. That's number five and the letter K. The main inspiration that um, that inspired me to do this was there was a chat yesterday on stream where I stream on twitch.tv slash real theta gang at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, somehow we got on the topic um, of talking about how, you know, why do, why do why would I do a put credit spread or why would I do a call credit spread? Uh, and then, you know, I would pull up my trades on thetagang.com slash juni. Uh, and the put credit spreads and the call credit spreads that I executed were from 2019, right? I That's how I started, um, and that's how I started learning about these strategies because, you know, in these sort of strategies, you have, like, what's considered a defined max loss. So that's a good thing because you don't want to lose your shirt by doing something wrong when, and if you're doing something that you don't understand. Um, but after doing these for a while, you know, you, I start to venture out into cash secured puts and call and cover calls, which is a lot of what I do right now. It just requires a lot more capital. Uh, in requiring a lot more capital, you know, I start to um, differentiate myself sort of from the, I think, more common retail trader where maybe there's newer people in the hobby um, or passion. Um, you know, um, that are in college that don't have a lot of money, or maybe they're a like a new working adult that might have a little bit of money to spend. They're saving money. They don't know how to quite start investing that. And I'm just realizing, you know, why don't I make a small account and trade small, but make it public so that you know you don't have to put up your cash or your money to trade. You can just watch me and my performance and just. 
follow along. You don't have to do anything on your end that requires you to lose money because I want to give everyone the opportunity to sort of get a throwback of like what ThetaGang.com used to be, right? Like ThetaGang.com started out as an idea for me to post my trades. There were a bunch of smaller trades that were that had a defined max loss. I had a very like few... Um, I had a small count of like metrics that I used to look at for why I would pick this stock and why I would choose this metric, which I do all live. And I did my first two trades on on stream live today with the chat. And you know, chat was asking great questions of like, why would you choose this or how do I know this is my max loss? How do you calculate this max loss? And what I do is like I pull up like basically MS Paint and I like draw and help people visualize where where those max losses are, where you make a profit. And it's a fun, fun time. I think this is one of my best ideas that I've had in a while. Of course, this is not a original idea. Many people do this, but I'd say most people, if not all that have done it before, don't have a public record of how it went, right? Maybe they have some record of some progress where they talk about some of the trades, but I'm talking about this account, thetagain.com slash juni5k will show literally every single trade like I do on thetagain.com slash juni, but just on a much smaller scale. I'm doing this with 5k and doing this in Robinhood. My thetagain.com slash juni account, all of that's in Tastyworks, that's a 300k account. Um, that has all my sort of gains from 2021 and 2022 and 2023 uh, and 2020. Um, so that has grown all the way to 300K from about 80K. Uh, and this one is going to be 5K and hopefully it grows. But if it doesn't, I mean, let this be the public test where you don't have to put your own money. You could just literally come to the stream, hang out, uh, chill, ask questions, or if you can't make it to the stream, because I know it's during the workday, 9 a.m. Pacific time, Monday through Friday, uh, when the market is open, um, you can just go again to datagate.com slash juni5k. Today on stream, uh, I opened up a put credit spread on Costco. I also opened a put credit spread on AMD. I made my watch list of stocks that I particularly like trading in my main account. Um, and we haven't secured any profits right? It was just today was the first day. I don't plan on making any day trades at all. Um, but right now, it, the account is at $5,013.84. So that's cool. Um, but you know, quite, quite a bit to go. These are 21 day expiries. So three weeks from now, they will expire, um, or I close them out. Uh, what I plan to do is, you know, when I open and close these trades, I'm going to be doing them on stream so people can get a realistic view on what it's like to actually realize some of these profits. Because a lot of people just assume, you know, you get to keep the money that you get paid when you sell a contract. And, you know, how do you close out a contract when you're on the sell side? All of that I want to debunk live with everyone. Um, and I think it's, it's going to be just really helpful. We set up my... Uh, sort of environment, right? I chose the indicators I like to use. I chose the 10, 50, 200 EMA. Uh, I put up RSI, put my own custom boundaries on it because I like 20 and 80 versus 30 and 70. I have a previous podcast episode on uh, relative strength index. But yeah, it's all coming together. Um, it's feeling a little bit more homey. I used to trade in Robinhood all the time before I moved to Tastyworks. But I thought, you know, with this 5K challenge, why don't I really lean into the cosplay of this or the role play? And uh, why don't I just trade inside Robinhood? So I'm getting my Robinhood slowly set up uh, live on stream just so you guys can see how I like to set up my indicators, what's on my watch list, what, how I browse through the UI. A lot has changed. There's a lot of new stuff. Uh, a lot of stuff that I probably won't be caring about, like the retirement section or the credit card or crypto. Um, but the option UI seems a little bit more beginner friendly, which is awesome because we want to we want to be able to have people be like know what they're doing when they're in this UI. Because honestly, trading options when you're first beginning is kind of scary because you're scared that one button click can ruin your life. Um, so that's something to be aware about. Uh, and then. Most importantly, it also still has my old all-time graph. Uh, at the bottom of my all-time graph, before I started ThetaGain.com, um, 
it is dated July 8th, um, which means that I probably opened the trades a little bit before that in June. Um, so in June 2019, I'm at the very bottom here, uh, and I was sitting at a 9K loss, okay? And then you just see the bar, like, sort of flatlined. And that's where I moved to Tastyworks, where then I created ThetaGain.com, started tracking my put credit spreads and call credit spreads, proved that worked, and then went to cash secure puts and then cover calls and buying batches of shares in hundreds, doing all that fun stuff. But now I'm back to Robinhood with 5K uh, sitting on a all-time loss of 9K, um, now, right now, being up $13.84 on my first day, which is cool. We got a bit to go. But it would be it would be really awesome if I could flip this all time graph around, um, like having like sort of graduated to a real brokerage app, trading, getting my like experience there, and then coming back to my old roots, getting the all time graph where like I'm reminded of my old trading habits. It's just it is such a great experience just to like look at this all time graph and just see like man I was I would be like up like like $500 a day, down $3,000 a day. At my bottom here, I'm almost down 14K until I made a lot of that back and then became down only 4K. I was so volatile. I didn't know what I was doing, but now I'm back with just a fraction of my profits, right? I've, again, 49K uh, in 2020, or rather uh, 50K in 2020, 49K in 2021. And I'm just bringing about 5% of those profits into Robinhood, or just 5K, you know? I, I made a whole bunch in Tastyworks that I'm super grateful for from all the people that I've learned from and all the experiences that I went through. Um, but this feels like, like redemption waiting to happen. Or, you know, I'm just providing another good example of why maybe even put credit spreads and call credit spreads might not be as good as even I say uh, they are because if I'm going to say that, you know, maybe it's a good idea to start off with these, uh, I should probably live through my own uh, sort of tips. So um, if you don't have the money to write put credit spreads or call credit spreads, or if you don't have money to write cash secured puts or just be on the sell side, be on the sell side or writing options typically requires a lot more capital. But what deters a lot of people from learning about the sell side is the fact that they just don't have a lot of money. But if you take it slowly and you do smaller trades like put credit spreads and call credit spreads, you can have the sort of same probability of profits. You can make those 70% chance to win trades, um, but you just have to really know sort of the ins and outs as you learn. But let my account, the Juni5k, datagame.com slash Juni5k, be your sort of scapegoat. Let me trade like in front of you show you how I think, how I do things. And if it goes well, then just l let me be a good example of how you can responsibly trade. And I'm not going all in. I'm not putting all 5K at once, trying to make 10K. I'm not, I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to show that going low and slow, learning and growing is much, much better for you than trying to spike this and trying to get a huge win and then betting for even more because... You know, the thing about gambling and the thing about like options trading, if you're um, sort of unhinged, is when you win big, you don't stop. You think that you could win more because it's you're so good, right? You already made this 30K jump, right? What's stopping you just from buying a few more contracts the next time? And that's when you get got, okay? The first one's always free, just like any sort of drug dealer would say, right? Sometimes options or stocks are like that too, where you will get way overconfident doing one lucky trade and that's going to offset maybe years from your life of hard-earned money that you saved up for. So I'm going to try my best to show up, show you guys my trades, uh, do my best to write the best notes that I can, thetagain.com slash junie5k. And I also realized that, you know, since the first episode that I've been back, that was titled Five Stock Tips uh, for Stock Traders or what, whatever my big, uh, returning episode was called, uh, I talked about that I would talk about my system 
and that's still going to be coming. I want to absolutely make dedicated episodes to my system and parts of it for sure. Uh, but this definitely isn't the episode where I just cram something in. So I think I'm just going to leave it at that. But I do want to emphasize that one of my tips was buying something that you like um, and you know going from there. And that's one of the first things that I looked at when I opened my two trades today um, on this on stream for datagame.com slash junie 5k is that you know i opened a put credit spread or a bullish trade on amd and costco i like both of the companies i like my costco hot dog uh and the metrics for those trades i'll go into deeper detail as maybe i close out the trades and i'll make that an episode in the future but um yeah you'll oh that's my that's my windows um, you'll get notifications as they come in, or rather, uh, that's me getting notifications as they come in. You'll get episodes as the content's being sort of made, right? Like I just opened some put credit spreads today. I created this 5k account or basically reignited this 5k account. Um, and I'm reporting it now. I might open more trades next week. Uh, I plan on doing one small trade a day. Because I want to start building up these numbers and probability of profits to work out with the, with more volume. So I'll probably do one trade a day on stream just to make it fun. Maybe we'll spin a wheel or something. Uh, but yeah, as I close them out, then maybe I start talking about, okay, this trade went well because of this. Or this trade went bad because of this. And I'll make those episodes that you guys can learn from my mistakes. Or from maybe some small profits I make along the way. Uh, next up, I want to say thank you uh, to Mr. Pastor Bedtime. Uh, it's an interesting way to spell it, right? It's the it's a pun. Pasture as in like pastures that you graze on, and then it's bedtime. Uh, I want to say thank you for sending me a thoughtful picture of a sweater with an image of a dollar fifty Costco hot dog sign. That definitely made my week. If any of you have any bug reports or fan mail or anything, you can send it to me again at Juni at ThetaGang.com. And last but not least, uh, I'm going to go into my outro here. This podcast, the website, and stream are all made possible because of my patrons at patreon.com slash thetagang. Signing up helps keep the services up and alive as well as pay my own personal bills like health insurance. Uh, I do the podcast, website, and stream full-time as my primary source of income. I feel really grateful to do this full-time and my focus on providing the best service possible for free. The podcast, website, and stream are all free, and it'll stay that way. Signing up for Patreon does give you a few perks, though, so check it out again at patreon.com slash if you're interested in helping support. Um, I have a number of patrons that I want to thank. Um, give me one sec here. All right. You ready for this? da 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 <laughs> I want to say thank you to uh, Fancy Wolf, Los Pepes, uh, Mods, Pasture Bedtime, Upstream Puddle, Seneca, Ensis88, EDC, Kevlar22, Nala, Slow Motion, Ruskier, The Jester, Grandpa95, Chicken Dinner, Jackal Lantern Bob, Kaput, Sumatrix, Statistically Random, Turbo Ricky, uh, Maestro XC, Lord Skeletor, Major, uh, Avrilian, Danube9000, McFly, Mr. Integrity, Rooster, Bearded Savage, Andy, Arfman, Can't Make Money, IRL, and Mothman1856. Holy moly. Um, again, thank you so much for everyone um, just sticking around, supporting me, uh, and letting me do this full time. It feels like a dream come true, to be honest. Sometimes it's a scary dream because I don't get paid a reliable paycheck, but uh, these patrons help out um, in the way that they can. So I'm appreciative. If you want to learn more, you can uh, help support me at patreon.com slash Thank you so much and have a wonderful week.
Okie dokie. Uh, if you're sticking around this far, I do also want to report that um, I'm still continuing to wake up early. Yeah, that's still very much a thing. Like when when I'm excited to do something, waking up early in the morning is definitely not a problem. You know, again, like, you know, I used to dread waking up at like 930. Uh, but now I'm up and excited to wake up at like 730 before my eight o'clock alarm. So while 7.30 doesn't sound all too early for a lot of you. Um, 7.30 is like a, definitely a new normal that I've never had before. Maybe besides when I was like a kid. I remember waking up as a kid and I would wake up and watch Nick at Night because it would still be going on. Uh, I'd be watching like Fresh Pens of Bel-Air um, at Nick at Night because I'd wake up at like maybe 5.30 to play on my Game Boy next to the lamp as I watch TV in the dark because it was still dark outside when it was that early um yeah i mean just good times and i'm finding myself to be really really productive in the morning i think a lot of you already know this about just doing your most important tax tax your most important tasks first um so that's been that's been um a really cool experience getting a lot of my engineering work done early in the morning with like a coffee right after the stream that's great um sometimes i'll get like an hour in before the stream that's also equally as great because maybe i'm stuck on something i go through the stream and then i'm like aha yeah i do know how to fix this and then continue on after the stream that's been pretty cool that's happened i guess only once so far um updates on the stream this stream that i had today on friday again i stream every day monday through friday on Twitch at realthetagang.com or at realthetagang, sorry, twitch.tv slash realthetagang, 9 a.m. Pacific time, any day the market's open. Um, this stream is was my most popular stream of all time. Uh, and I am just, I'm just stoked because I'm actually putting in all of my effort to make this thing like, like be as best as it could be. It has my full attention. This is my full-time job. And I had the best day I've ever had on stream so far, you know, and that's that felt really validating to me. Um, I'm not going to take the results for granted. Like next week, maybe everyone's busy and, you know, the stream is dead and there's not as many people in chat. But again, I am just really thankful for the people that do show up um, still. And if you can't make it next week because you're on vacation, like heck it, you can go on vacation and just like and I wouldn't it wouldn't even be a worry because I'm just trying my best and um today was just it was just an example of how I like to celebrate my wins where you know I realize that I'm put, trying my best in the current moment and I'm seeing results from it and it's all just really from an email right like every time you finish a stream uh Streamlabs will send you an email based on your analytics and stuff for that stream and it tells you how you did week over week or maybe like year over year quarter over quarter, uh, streams over streams over the last 90 days. It's, they switch it up. But this one said like, oh, this is the best stream you've had so far. And I saw the graph. I saw the numbers. I was like, wow, you know. And I can tell that a lot of that sort of energy that I put into the stream today came from me going back to my roots. This small account thing, the 5K to 100K, I love that tagline because it's so cringe. It's so satirical in SpongeBob case. It's like, that's like so me. And then I'm able to sort of fire back to the people that have not been transparent, that do these sort of fake challenges, post fake wins to attract people and lure them into their trading service. So this is just me doing my own fair share of just putting good out in the, like the fin twit world where, you know, if someone comes across and finds this it's just like a little nugget of transparency that they can get in this sea of like deception there's so many people online that pretend that they know it all about the star market that they're making tons of gains but what you don't know is that they have a red portfolio or a red all time or you know their their profit loss for the year is really gross but they talk the talk without walking the walk and that, that's that's the stuff that just drives me wild is is that if you're gonna you know have this much sort of like ego in your posts about your wins, you have to show your losses. Like there's no way that that's morally responsible that you're like, like convincing 
some you know random teenager that sees this and says like oh you know what i'm gonna spend all my money that i saved over like working the, my entire summer break at jamba juice uh and then i'm just gonna follow you into your next play because it looks like that you just make only home run plays i look at your profile and it's literally only wins uh and it's just i don't know just rubs me the wrong way um but yeah started this 5k thing i feel a lot of my old energy come back um yeah this year also <coughs> i'm like oh yeah cough i'm like quietly winning you know like i am having the highest profit loss um or i guess in this case highest profit that i've ever made with, with full-time theta gang trading for example right now in my main 300k account okay because i grew this from 80k all right i grew from 80k to 300k with some uh, contributions from my paycheck, but also from my again 50k and 45, uh, 50k and 49k wins in um, 2020 and 2021. Uh, put that that's all included in here as well. And I've been keep, keep trading that, keep it rolling, don't get got, keep growing the portfolio. Right now, I am up 63.8k for the year, and you know I'm not posting on my Twitter like. Oh, look at me. Uh, I'm so good at trading. Look at me. I'm beating spy or look at me. I'm doing this. I'm not doing, I'm not doing any of that, right? Like I don't want to attract the wrong sort of people. Um, I'm, I would much rather have my like 5k sort of, um, perception or my 5k identity. I don't know what I'm trying to say right there, but I want the best version of me out there. And I know that if I were to sort of gloat or talk about my 63k on in a public setting like twitter that just wouldn't be me right like i'd be attracting the wrong type of people and now you might be asking like okay it's kind of weird because you're telling me about your 63k profit right now but you don't understand this is the one percent section there's not that many people that get to this sort of section so when you're hearing me make 63.8k you are the one percent of people that actually get to hear this so i feel like i could tell you guys a lot in this sort of section where i wouldn't talk about it in like twitter you know i would maybe talk about it on twitch because my twitch chat isn't that big you know we reached i think like 20 i we reached 44 unique viewers today uh reached a stream peak of like 20 live chatters which was cool so it's really small um, and I also show my terminal, so I, I'm not, I, I can't hide my profit loss because that's my entire point, right? Is like, if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, okay, well, Junie keeps telling me to buy stocks that I like. I mean, this guy just sounds like mumbo jumbo. Like why, why would I listen to this guy? This sounds so generic. Like why would any of this work? But I have the portfolio to back it up if you wanted to check. That's why I provide you is the option to check. And that's why I think is one of the most important options that you should always have in your arsenal when you're picking out someone to sort of learn from is like, do they actually have good results? And can they prove those results? And I can. So a little small flex there at the very end of the podcast. Um, just, again, really happy to uh, have this 5K portfolio going. I think we're going to learn a lot. I, I'm... Excited to see what actually happens if I like lose three trades in a row. You know, if I do lose three trades in a row, each trade has about a max loss of like 300 to 400. So, you know, it's going to take a good string of good luck to undo the bad luck. And that's really the reason why 5K is not a whole lot to trade with. But it's, it's interesting enough to where I think it'd just be good content in general. So we're just going to run with that. Um, this week in general was just really good very productive i felt very focused um it's been a, about one month since i've been laid off um and just yeah i'm cruising i'm i'm thankful for everyone that signed up on patreon since i've came back to the podcast some old faces have returned um some new ones have joined and yeah it's it's really all just validating that you know if i if i put my energy and time into something that makes me happy that people will also see the value in it uh, i hope to grow this um, as scalably as i can i like the culture that we have 
um, as the patron or slash Discord group. So I don't want to grow it too fast. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's always a balance, right? Like I'm going to be making mistakes as I go forward as much as I'm going to be um, going to be making, I guess, like good choices uh, because this is all very new to me. I've never, um, I've never had a business be my main source of living. Like I, I'm not even sure if that's like a normal thing for, I guess a lot of people, but it is really, really weird. You know, I could just stop like recording this podcast and go watch YouTube and eat chips but I'm not going to because that would mean that I have less chance of success. So there's going to be a balance, right? The culture thing, of course, like I want to keep that culture cool and grow it slowly, but there's also that discipline thing. Like I've always been disciplined. Like from, from those that know, like I used to work on the website really late at night. Uh, uh, the podcast never missed a week until it took a pause for version like three and four of the website. So, I am just going to keep doing what I've been doing, um, learn from, you know, feedback that has been given to me over the years, over the few months that I've been gone. There's been lots of emails back and forth of like, how can I do this better? Uh, Other people are saying like, oh, you know, I wish that you did this less or I wish you did this more. So as the weeks continue, you get the best version of me and the best version of the website, the best version of the stream podcast. This is all getting better as I put more and more energy and time into it. I'm already giving it my 100%, like TBH, to be honest, for the boomers that are listening. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, but it feels good. Like you, I, I was going to say you have no idea what it's like to, 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 to like work on a, a full workday on something that you love to do. But just imagine that one workday where you worked on that one thing that you love to work on. Like, that's me every day so far. But maybe that's because I still got the rose-tinted glasses on. Oh, you know, I'm gung-ho about, like, oh, yeah, I'm paying for my own health insurance. Oh, look at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've deleted Slack off my phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, maybe that will wear off, and then soon I'll be like, oh, man. Yeah, I got to work. I got to work or else this feature's not going to get out, and it's just my own self-demise. But who knows? Who knows? No one knows. No one knows what's going to happen next. You know, life is short, but I'm glad I'm on the adventure that I'm on right now. And I hope you are enjoying the adventure that you're on right now. And I'll see everybody next week. Bye-bye.